0: Hi, my name is Kevin Smith, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold.
1: Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better.
2: All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that big wells and road, Sing my songs for the boys in black and gold. I heard the stories about 1938. And I was just a boy, I knew I'd have to wait. Now there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore. But those glory days and gold might return once more.
3: Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we are back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Perry. I'm Gordon Anderson. I'm Aaron Anderson. You'll realise that we're one Scottish-Canadian down and we've got a new voice on in Aaron. Aaron is a, another new East 5 fan, which I've realised is now the second time we've brought a new fan in because the older ones tend to be a bit more pessimistic, but we'll see how Aaron gets on in his trial run today. I'll let Aaron introduce himself and how did you start getting into to watching East 5, Aaron? Um, I don't know if I'll be as optimistic as maybe hoping hoping,
1: like, but I'll try my best. <laughs> um, yeah, just a wee boy. Um, going with my granddad down in Methil. he took me to a few of the games. Kind of went sometimes didn't go all the time. But then just at the start of the pandemic, I realised how much work the club did with my granddad just to make sure he was okay. Developed a bit of a soft spot, then when he passed away, the club were excellent with my family, um, looking at my granddad's wishes. um, And I started going to the games because I got a free season ticket out of it (laughs) because it passed to me. And
3: I've actually, for as bad as it's been, really enjoyed going along to Bayview. I believe the, the, the sort of description of that is sadomachism, um, which is people who enjoy pain, for those of you that aren't on the same websites that I'm into. Um, it's a little bit uh, depressing watching East 5, but it's not like that all the time. And, and this is where like fans of other clubs, like, for example, we had the Ugly Sisters playing each other today, don't really get where sporting a club like East 5 is amazing because, don't get me wrong, this season has been one of the lowest of the lows. And I think that these two guys, um, Doug and, and Gordon, will agree with me, but it just makes the, the high, uh, you know, getting a promotion chase, hopefully next season, or maybe even the title win next season, unbeatable, you know? So hopefully we could get that for Aaron, because ultimately the the top of the show, um, I've titled it, We Are Fucked. Um, and I think that that's the, the the general feeling of the majority of East 5 fans as I was walking down the stairs um, from my seat at Bayview, I felt my phone vibrate and Dumbarton scoring a, a 95th minute equaliser to really rub salt in the wounds and ultimately dooming us to uh, the, the basement league and, and the sort of professional leagues. But before we go into that almighty depressing episode, which I'm sure is upcoming, let's hear from this week's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook
0: and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Today's podcast is brought to you by John W. Gilbertson Limited, a small, friendly family firm of solicitors based in Glenrothes, who specialise in buying and selling residential property, wills, powers of attorney, and executory work.
3: On your team, on your side, supporting you all the way to achieve your goals. Well, it's a football show after all. <laughs> Even Thanks as always to the East Fife Community Football Club for your continued support, and also John W. Gilbertson in Glenothis. I've been corrected in our commercial break by Doug Perry. that was a 95th minute winner. And of course, that's just the few beers that I've had this afternoon, whether you want to call it drowning your sorrows or whatever. So... I suppose we're going to get into the game. Doug and Gordon um, very luckily only watched the highlights. Aaron and I suffered the full 92-minute... Um, I don't want to go as far as saying shit, show. Because, Aaron, ultimately, I don't think... and I'm actually sick of saying this this season. We didn't play too badly. And most of the times, we're probably competitive in the match. Yeah, I'd agree. I
1: don't think there was actually a massive gulf between the two sides. I mean, consider we bottom and their second could have been different with the result against Cove last week as well. I don't actually feel like they battered us, to be brutally honest. I thought we were right in the game. Even at 1-0, we had a wee period of pressure at the start of the second half. I thought the way we were going, we could get an equaliser here. And then they had a bit of a sucker punch with the second goal. But I don't actually think we were as bad as
3: people might think when they see a 2-0 scoreline, to be honest. Doug, there's three things on a Saturday when we play Airdrie that I'm sure of, and that's the sunrise and the sunsetting, and then Callum Gallagher scoring at least one goal into us. I'm guessing you weren't surprised when you seen that it was that...
4: Bastard. Uh, <laughs> not, not even a look. I <laughs> know. Um, I actually meant to look it up. It's frightening. Like, he scores against... I don't think he's ridiculously prolific apart from no. against us in the league. Like, he scores goals, but he scores. It's, it's almost a guarantee every game. It's it's quite incredible. Um, yeah. yeah. Joyful. Bastard. I think
2: yeah. the word
3: is. Yeah, I bet you would take him in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? And and Absolutely. really, I mean, obviously, we're going to go into the game and we'll delve into it in a little bit more detail, but that has been the story of our season, Gordon, just... Nothing in the final third, and it's with no do. there's no disrespect to Kyle Connell, who you know does put a shift in. It's no disrespect to the guys like Jamie Semple or Ken Smith or whatever. But we just severely lack quality and creativity.
0: Yeah, and like you say, it's not just about if you're not scoring goals. It's not just about the guys that play up front. Same way, if you're conceding too many goals, it's rarely just about the guys that play at the back as a whole team. I think we've just we're just very lacking up front, and we have been all season. And the fact that we've shored up a wee bit the back is, you know, maybe highlighting it even more. Like most games, like Aaron was saying, you know, we're we're kind of in them. We're competitive. We don't we don't usually get completely walked all over. But even when we've got even when there's times in the game that we are playing well, we just don't create chances. I mean, you can look at the stats on how few goals we've scored, but even more kind of damning is how few chances we create. Um, You know, if you're creating chances and not scoring, you have this feeling like maybe it'll change, maybe something will click into place, but we're not even creating chances. You know, so we just don't know how to have this sort of sustained pressure where we are creating chances. And, you know, if you're creating chances, you're bound to get one or two and we're just not even doing that.
3: I mean, the, the chances we had yesterday were half chances. I think the only two, which again we'll come to, that we could probably say should have done better with would have been Pollock's and potentially, I, I, I want to say Scott Mercer shot, but I'm not actually quite sure how to describe that. But again, we'll, we'll come on to that at, at some point in the show. But I got sent a very interesting stat about five o'clock this morning from Scott Young, who I'm sure um, was either... Out dogging as per usual, or looking after his, his young family. But Crawford and Darren Young have both now had 16 games this season as manager for us. Um, Crawford's managed 11 points, and Darren Young's managed 12 points. Crawford managed 10 goals scored. Darren Young managed 18 goals scored. Crawford's managed 26 goals conceded. Darren Young's was 36 goals conceded. So Crawford's managed to get us to stop conceding, but clearly we're not scoring, uh, we're scoring more with Darren. So we've scored less than a goal a game this season while conceding nearly two a game. So in all competitions that we've played, um, we've not scored an 18 out of 40. That actually almost made me whitey finishing that sentence. Um, and look, I think that that's ultimately where my disappointment's been in the season. And let's, let's go right back. So, I mean, we will delve into the game, but, I mean, there's not too much to talk about. It was literally the proverbial nail in the coffin yesterday. But if we, if we look at the story of the season, you go right back to the the conversation topics we've had before, Aaron. Mark McGuigan not signing for the club. Then you've got, you know, the, the Chris Ray player that came in on loan. Darren obviously knew that we needed to add some firepower. We've all seen that at the tail end of last season after Jack Hamilton went. That ultimately cost us a playoff position last year, in my opinion. We never strengthened. We never managed to bring anybody in before Christmas up front. Um, really, aside to Kel Connell, obviously Wallace went wall. That was an issue then. We then get to the January transfer window, and it baffles me now that we didn't add a striker in that window. And looking at it from somebody that's new into the club, Adam, like, I know that you're majorly a Manchester United fan and you know, in that level of football, you go out, you buy somebody, you need a striker, you go out and you buy them. At this level, it is a little bit more difficult, but coming from somebody that's obviously got East Fife at heart, but maybe a little bit more new to it, that, did that baffle you as well? Yeah,
1: yeah, that I, I think as well, when you, when you look at the signings too, on the lack of signings, should we say, I, I just feel that when Crawford came in, I felt that there would have been a few more younger players coming in alone. He had a connection with Robbie Nielsen at Hearts, for example. I know that he brought in Finlay Pollock. I think he brought in the boy Watson as well. Yeah. However, were they positions that we ideally needed to strengthen? Probably not the priority, like you said, was a striker. So when you're going to games and you're watching the way in which he sets his life up. This is a different conversation, But and I suppose we'll probably come to later on, but I don't think the way he sets us up anyway helps the players that are on the pack, um, which makes it even more mystifying that he didn't go out and buy a striker or get one in on loan in the January transfer window because we're crying out for one. And I just feel Kyle Connell, I'm, I'm a bit of a critical of Kyle Con- Connell, to be very honest with you. However, he's so isolated in games. It's scary how isolated that young man is. Like there was times yesterday we would we would win the ball back on the edge of our own box, and Kyle Connor was up front twenty yards away from the closest midfielder with three defenders around him. You're never ever going to get out. And I feel that the way Crawford's playing and the way he sets the team up, I think it's far too defensive. Um, however, we'll maybe talk about that a wee bit later. But answer your question. I was amazed an actual out-and-out striker was not brought in. Whether that be somebody who's a bit more experienced and he's maybe not going to game somewhere, or whether that be a young boy who's looking to leave a team in the Premier League, even in the Championship, and do his stuff out on loan. I just, I was shocked by it.
3: Doug, I mean, we've we've talked this to death, but I mean, you know, we're essentially at our League One funeral right now, so it might be the, the right time to, to bring it up again, but as, as I touched on with Aaron there, I mean, there's got to be somebody that feels responsible for this season. Now, I get we've had injuries. I totally get that. Like, the McGuigan one, the Wallace situation, you know, I get that these things are, are unavoidable. But I, I, I still think that not adding a striker in the January window, it relegated us then almost. Because if we, if we go back, is the, the guy Chris Ray that, that was buying goals in the preseason? Every fan that's seen him play thought what a player he was. He's went on and I think he's he's doing pretty well. I think he went to like Banbury United or or something like that, and he's he's scoring goals for fun there. But I think he came in wanting one price, and then then wanted another. And if we look at the the, the transfer windows as a whole, I think that the issue goes back as far as other teams offering selling money, like Liam touched on in his show um, when he came on. Us not prepared to do that, and earn on the side of caution, that whole situation has left us where we are, and fully and deservedly going down.
4: Oh, I mean that your your last comment is absolutely bang on. There's no doubt we deserve to get really good. Um, the the Ray situation. Look, you can't get held to ransom at this level if you've got a if you've got a budget in place. You, it's a big risk for a relative unknown. And, you know, Banbury United, I mean, who the, who the hell are they? What level's that? Do you know what I mean? It's not, that's not necessarily saying that's the thing. The striker situation in January, look, we were all surprised. I would be really shocked if they weren't trying, you know, desperately to get someone in. And maybe it's the old sort of saying of, we're not going to bring someone in unless they're definitely better than what we've got, it is the only thing I can think of. We're, we're a pretty hard sell this season for a player. You know, to actually sign someone permanently was probably going to be very difficult, uh, given where we are in the league. And then, yeah, I mean, lo- loans are, aren't as straightforward as that. It's not, you know, clubs might look at East Fife again and go, is this the best place for our young up-and-coming striker to go and maybe go to a different team? I don't know. Um, if you think, if, t- To answer that question, though, and, th- and this is where it comes to
3: Crawford, take Dan Young out of the situation. I mean, Crawford's literally had to... Piss with the cock he's got Pardon the expression You know An almost Billy Brown-esque rant for me here This is all we've got This is all he's had But the players that he's brought in The boy Pollock I thought was excellent yesterday That's the first real glimpse of him that I thought He's a player Leo Watson in the games that he's played You know, is he a world-beater? No Could he comfortably do a job at that position for us In League Two next season? I would probably take him back the next two words that are going to come out of my mouth are the ones that still baffle me and Ryan Blair who week after week after week starts and plays despite offering next to nothing. Um, and that is the player, I mean, I remember when Crawford brought him in. I want to thank the board for, for finding the money to to bring Ryan in. He's a player I really wanted. He's a creative player. Um, he's got a great left foot. All of which were not We're not seeing. And this is a player that Swansea paid a fee for to take down to to play for them. So the guy's clearly got ability, but it's where you find now is, is is he a victim of the system that Crawford's playing? You know, is he a victim of tactics? But Crawford has played at the highest level in Scotland. He's played at a decent level in England. You know, just these Scottish clubs alone off the top of my head, Dunfermline, Dundee United, Hearts, Hibbs, Wraith, um, obviously big teams like East Fife, etc. Um, he's got or has to have the contacts, surely, to be bringing players in. And this is where I'm going to play devil's advocate. I've been a, a strong, strong defender of the club, countless times, to my detriment, to the point where the 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 mail that I've had in. Um, abusing me for my opinions on this, um, but I wonder, and is it a case that Crawford was told, "Well, you're not getting any money because we didn't have any"?
4: Oh, I mean, I, I, I said that very, very early on before I think before Crawford even came in. That I don't think we had any money, and that became apparent in, in August or July when, we were, trying to, when we we're trying to sign players. We we do not have the money to compete in this league this year. There's no way we do. Um, and all, we've talked about it before, some of the money getting banded about is like off the charts at this level. Um, I, I, I just think we need to get relegated. It's almost like we need a reset here. I think we were, we kind of peaked under Dan Young, where we were pushing for that playoffs, which was, I banged on, on about a lot. For me, it's about as high as we should be where we are as a football club in terms of we're part time, we're trying to do our best with what we've got, we've got low crowds. Like that was I felt we were almost playing above where we are. And I'm not saying we should be where we are now, but I'm not I'm not totally surprised by it. So I think I think go down, get shot of some of the deadwood that's been at the club for far too long, um, and try and rebuild again. You know, Crawford we'll give him, you know, we'll certainly give him time in, in league two, but for him as well, we're gonna have to start well because people will we've talked about it before, next season's dangerous. You're in that dangerous area where if things go wrong, it can go horribly wrong now. So in I essentially, think- in the
3: quagmire of Scottish football need to, because it's go for broke in terms of we want to finish in the top half of the league, or don't strengthen adequately and you could be out in your ear, a la Breakin, a la Easterlin, a la you know, Berwick Rangers, these clubs that haven't yet made it back, now Brecon, don't get me wrong I've, I've got a, a decent opportunity to do that still, but ultimately next season terrifies me a little bit, I don't think that we'll go that way I think that Crawford, I believe can, can bring us back up, um, however Gordon, you'll not have heard it yesterday I think I might have heard a few of the shouts calling for Crawford to be sacked. Um, Colin for Crawford. Crawford's, yes, Doug, your reaction was the same as mine. Colin for Crawford to resign, which absolutely baffles me beyond belief. Because this is a guy that we've brought in with no time to assemble his own squad. I mean, the, the players that he's brought in, you know, two out of three ain't bad in terms of Pollock and uh, Watson have looked decent. Blair, not so much. But really, the, the players that he has brought in. Are all right. I fully believe he should get the chance to assemble his own squad. How long would you give Crawford?
0: I mean, for me, shouting for Crawford to resign or get fired right now is ridiculous. It's idiotic. Um, right back at the start of the season, uh, you know, you're, you're looking at the squads. You're looking at who everyone signed, and us to come tenth because I looked at the squad we had and I thought it was the worst yeah. in the league. I thought we lost, you know, the, the players that we lost were generally, you know, we lost a lot of decent players, a lot of talent. And for me, we didn't replace them. Um, yeah. We had a decent look in front two, in McGuigan and Wallace. You know, that, that's good for, for League One. And then when the season started, we didn't have those two anymore. So I, I looked at the start of the season and I thought we were going to get relegated. Um yeah been fairly consistent with that um, we started playing games and didn't see anything to suggest otherwise so that the failure you know, for whatever reason and whoever you want to blame for that the failure was right at the start of the season um so Crawford's come in and yeah i agree like you know ideally you know we would have got a striker in in january someone that could create chances score goals but i think it's a very difficult thing to do if there was someone obvious um you know you can bring someone in but would they have been good enough would they have been better than we had you know we've we've brought guys in from lower levels and it hasn't worked if there were obvious targets everyone else would have been after them as well um january i think you know you're You're probably working on a very limited budget. It's not like the start of the season where you might say, OK, if we spend spend a little bit more on this guy, we'll get him in. And maybe that shifts the budget elsewhere. Your budget's fixed. You're probably working on very little. And your options are extremely limited. I'm sure Crawford wanted to bring someone in. But I think it would have been very difficult. So, you know, Crawford's come in. And yeah, if you look at the stats, we obviously haven't, you know, in terms of points... Goal scored, we haven't improved. But does anyone think that when Crawford came in, were we 10th because we were massively underperforming or were we 10th because we were the worst squad in the league? Yeah, I mean, You could quibble about whether we're maybe a little bit or the same as Dumbarton or Clyde or whatever, but I don't think we were underperforming. I think we were the worst team in the league. Now, you might expect a manager to get, if you are underperforming, you you know, look at Falkirk. I think what well, if you're a Falkirk fan, you could say, I think we're underperforming compared to, you know, the squad we have. So Martin Rennie coming in, he should have been able to get more out of them. But yeah. I think at East Fife, you're like, we're exactly where we should be. We're, we're the worst team in this league. So, you know, what? how realistic is it to expect Crawford to get more out of them? You know, he's, he's not getting a team up to where they should be performing. He'd have to have got them to sort of perform significantly above some of their parts. And the fact that he hasn't done that, really, I don't think is like an indictment to Stevie Crawford. I think Stevie Crawford, you judge Stevie Crawford
3: from next season, basically. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, look, it doesn't matter what manager that we have. Bayview has always got that they'll turn on you in a sixpence. It doesn't matter who you are, whether it be a player, whether it be a manager, whether it be a board, whether it be whatever, and um, you know, that that is always lurking in the background at Bayview. But some of those shouts did surprise me yesterday. And look, do I feel that Crawford's improved us? You know, defensively, probably, yes. Style of football, absolutely not. Football under Darren Young was definitely better to watch um there was definitely more of an attacking prowess under under Darren Young but you know Crawford has solidified us but I, I mean I remember when we, Aaron you'll maybe not remember too much of this but Stevie Crawford took over us I want to say maybe 2009 2010 somebody could correct me if I'm wrong and the football we played was so attacking honestly like it wasn't a case, of, you know, right? Okay, let's score one and shut up shop. Let's score five and win five four. Um, you know that's and and that was the Crawford that I thought we were going to get back, because I still felt and still feel that we do have attacking players in our squad, but neither manager is really managing to get the better of them. So. What, what's your thoughts? I mean, you've obviously messaged me a, a few times, and and you're you're very analytical in your your football knowledge, which is why I wanted to bring you on. You've you've touched on some of the sort of style of play and formation etc. that you're not happy with. I know you're a huge fan of Jack Healy, and i looking to see a little bit more out of him. Looking at it objectively, what would you say that you would do differently? I find
1: that the thing is that I'm. I'm just a football fan the same as anyone else. So, you know, I mean, who am I to, to sit and question the tactics that I've done and to say that, you know, I could do it better. But I think that the key thing is that I'm just a little bit bored of going to Bayview and seeing the full 90 minutes being played in the other half. Since yeah. Crawford came in, the game has always played in another half. And, and I know we're saying he has solidified us and showed us up at the back, which is great, but... I genuinely feel when you look at his remit when he came in, his remit wasn't to to close the gap to ninth. His remit when he came in was to get to ninth. That that, that was his remit. And it wasn't a million miles away. Now, by the way, just again, I think he should be given time. I I think he's came in, he's inherited a tough situation. He has a chance and he should be given a chance to put his own stamp on things. But if we just break it down really simply, it's league one football player's against League One football players. Maybe Cove have got some players who've played at higher levels, but there was times yesterday when little instances where we went and pressed somebody, just one player went and pressed somebody, we won it back and matched two half chances off the back of it. There was a couple of opportunities yesterday when there was some actual forward-thinking link up play when you had, I think it was Leo Watson going down the left once, he plays it inside, there's a one-two that gets out to other side and Ryan Blair has a header. And, um, There was a chance when Kyle Connells went and pressed somebody from the front and he's laid off, of all people, Ryan Blair. But he's had a shot at the end of it. You know, there are players there who have got energy who can go and press. We only seem to press the ball when it gets into our, not even our half. It's almost like halfway into our half. And when you sit back and sit back and sit back, you're just inviting teams onto you, and then when we do win it back, Kyle Connor, like I said earlier, is so isolated, it is scary. You know, we, we will win the ball back, and we've got hardly any opportunity to counter-attack because the boy's up there on his own, the three players around him. And it's the lack of ambition that really annoys me, I feel. Like even yesterday, there was times when we're on a, an attack, and it was when Pork was on the ball, and... Nobody was making a forward run to go past them. you know. It, it was him and Connell against four, and there was no ambition in terms of a forward run to go and what, what's going to create a chance here. So it's not a case of the fact that I, I know sometimes, as I've said in the show, that we well, lack players who can create chances. I slightly disagree with that. I'm not saying we've got a world-beating number ten out there who's going to take on three boys and, and put one in the top corner, but the way we set up doesn't allow for us to go and create chances. It really
4: doesn't. Uh, Maybe uh, so, wrong. So, sorry about Sorry, Aaron. Did you go to were you at Crawford's first game against Alloa At home, um, they drew 1-1. Yeah. Now, I, I I thought, and I said this at the time, there was an obvious plan, and it was that the front two pressed. like As soon as the ball came out to the centre-half and went out to full-backs, they ran their arses off for 60 minutes till they got subbed. And you could see that was how they were pressing. And then everyone pressed Mm -hmm. as a one. And you were like, I I got quite excited because I was like, right, we're now more solid and we're pressing in the right areas. But I totally agree with you. that It's almost like after two or three games, either the players have just not bought into it or, you know, or or we're just not good enough to do it. But that that game filled me with a bit of hope and that totally disappeared, which was quite weird. I'm the
1: same as you, I went to that game and I remember actually tweeted about it and I said I actually felt quite optimistic, you know, like you said there was a plan, I think I all had a man sent off did they? And we got back in the game, is that correct?
2: Yeah. Probably should have
1: won away on, I think Mercer's missed a chance right then but... Shock. Right, sorry. <laughs> it was better than the shot he held on Saturday, put that um, <laughs> but But I Again, we, you alluded to the fact that about Jack Keeley. The, the reason I like Jack Keely is because is he raw? Yeah, he, he's raw. But he's direct. He'll go and get on the ball. He's fearless. He'll go and run at his man. You know, and like I said before, it's week one football. You know, if you go and beat your man, you've created a 2v1 somewhere else on the pitch. You're driving into space and somebody has to come to you, which creates space for someone else, or you keep travelling because nobody comes there. He takes risks. Is his final product great? No, it's no. But then, you know, even watching Airdrie yesterday, there was times they got in good positions and they've not got the final product either. It is League One football. And the reason, like I said, I like Jack Hill is because he goes and takes risks. He goes and takes players on. There was one right at the very end yesterday. He's been a step over, got by his ball and stood up a brilliant cross to the back post and William Newton's got to score for him. Um yeah. You know, it, it, he gives us something. So when you look at the personnel we've got, if you, if you look at Conor, if you look at Denham, who's maybe not got the best technical abilities, say, some of the players in the squad, but he's got pace and he can work and he's got energy. You've got Jack Healy, who's got pace and energy. We, we don't use it. We, we don't use it. And, and that's what worries me about moving forward. There are players there who could play a certain way and we don't use it. And, and the final thing I'll say on it is that the last few weeks, you're kind of going for broke a little bit. And that's when it's like... And you're, playing, you're looking at Clyde and you're looking at Aloha, for example, think, let's go and have a go. Let's go and have a go at them. And, and let's play the game on our terms. And you know what? See, if we get beaten, we go down. We go down swinging punches and we go down fighting. It's been a whimper. It's been an absolute whimper. So I'm not saying that Crawford should not be given a chance because I agree with you. As you say, you don't piss the cock you've got. But... I don't think he's passing very well, with it, to be a brutal honest with you. I think he could have done things a little bit differently. And I don't think he's used the players
3: the way that he could have used the players. And that's what frustrates me. Very well summed up. I don't think anybody else will disagree with that. Gordon, I mean, you and I suffered the, the Clyde game together and then we had the shambles that was last week. And, and, and Aaron's hit the nail on the head for me. I was always a big supporter. I really bought into a lot of the stuff that Crawford said post-match and, and some of the points that he's made. He made a, a call in the East Fife Mail this week, shout out Scott Ingalls, um, that, that Saturday was a cup final. and but I don't think our cup final was there. I think our cup final was Alloa. I think our cup final was Clyde. And ultimately we were awful in both of those games we were terrible in both of those games actually the, the Clyde game was eye bleed and lay bad and last weekend as you alluded to I was in York and how much fun you had without me etc etc thanks for that by the way, guys appreciate that and I turned it off I was just like yeah, that, I can't suffer it anymore
0: yeah those, those were the two big big games and we talked about them before we're coming off the, the back of beating Dumbarton and you look at the the Clyde and the Alloa games and I think we'd maybe kind of said minimum four points out of that and we needed it, we needed it we needed to close that gap to Dumbarton we needed to at least be just on their tail coming into this game because is a tough game, they're going for the league um, even if we're playing well you think that's a tough game? We've got Queen's Park next. We've got tough games coming up, so we needed, you know, that that those Clyde and Alloa games. You're thinking minimum four points, and we go and get zero points and lose on aggregate five now. Not good enough at all. I mean, yesterday, you know, we'll get relegated at some point, and it it won't have been yesterday, and it won't be the day that it finally gets confirmed. But you know, that Clyde and Alloa game were big, big. Um, Failures really, and I think you know, like what what Aaron's saying as well about the the sort of the lack of kind of aggression or adventure. I think that that is a bit of a worry for me as well. I think you you look sometimes at the the way we line up, and it is it is overly defensive. And part of that has has been to you know stop conceding all these goals, and that's been good. But you know what. What is the sort of kind of formation that we've played most under Crawford? It's this kind of like four-four-one-one, one where yeah. you know, like you say, Connell up there on his own. Um, you know, you're maybe playing with one midfielder who's a bit more advanced than the other two, and Miller and Blair are kind of sitting back a bit. It's not, you know, it's a it's a difficult formation to go and. Go and attack for him to go in the front foot. We're not getting bodies up. Now, I remember um, back ten more than ten years ago when Crawford came in and we played uh, all the time. We played the same. We played this four-two-three-one where Crawford was the sort of, uh, well. I think a lot of the time Crawford was the sort of centre forward, and then you had these three behind him that were all looking to attack. So the uh, I mean the way we played a lot was to get to get the ball up to Crawford, and he didn't score a lot of goals for us, but. You know, he'd hold it up and then those other three were all coming in. And that's where we scored a lot of goals from. But, you know, the way we're playing now, we we'll never we never do that. It's never, you know, you look at it and what's our, what's our main, what's the main way we're attacking? And um, a lot of it has just been in recent weeks. It's been, well, you know, Healy, Healy has a goal and he'll take guys on and he'll try and create something. Um, but, you know, he's not getting supported. There's often not bodies in the box when he's looking to put the ball across and I understand it because you might think, well, you know, it's maybe one of these things as well where because Crawford's not built the squad, maybe he wants to play in a certain way but he feels he doesn't have the players for it. Yeah. But there's a lot of these things but if I had to worry, it is that that he has looked very conservative in the way that he sets the team up and I, and I get that to stop us conceding goals but in games that we need to be on the front foot and we need to win it hasn't really yeah, hasn't really worked
3: So let's move on um, that section actually lasted a wee bit longer than I thought it would but some great analysis from you gents so thank you very much I looked at the team sheet yesterday and, and I don't know if you guys noticed this as well we set up and I watched the players come out and I'm looking at that back, uh, the the four at the back, and I'm like, Leo Watson, cool. Chris Higgins, Murdo, and Steele, cool, perfect. Um, Steele and um, Higgins at centre-back, and Murdo at right-back, and we look like we're going to put um, Scott Mercer in midfield, which is fine, you know, he's better going up front, uh, further up than he is at going back. And then Steele goes out to right-back, and Murdo goes to centre-half. And I went, wait well, yeah, a minute here, like... Murdo's one of the best right-backs in the league, in my opinion. Like, genuinely one of the best right-backs in the league. steely has been really comfortable at centre-half most games. And I don't understand why he switched them. Did you notice that, Aaron?
1: Yeah, I noticed that, and it was questioning it, and, it, and as well as that, um, you know, Swanson was almost sitting deepest at the midfielders with Ryan Blair out on the left. And... When I alluded to earlier about not pissing too well, the clock you've got, you know, I think basics put players in their best position. And it was one of those where you're scratching your head a wee bit. Um, I I was just surprised at, at the way, again, he set us up. I, I really was. Particularly that, I, I was more concerned about the one in midfield, you know, and their first goal comes from um, Swanson being beat far too easily. And then the whole light. Like. Yeah, being beat far too easily, but then that's not his position. I mean, Danny Swanson is not a defensive midfielder. He's not somebody who's going to make tackles and break up play. And he got beat too easy. And then the right, of our, right of the fence, and you look at Ryan Blair out on the left. He's, I'm, I'm faster than Ryan Blair. He is so slow at his fighting, you know, and he slows the game down far too often. So, I was a little bit perplexed by some of the decisions yesterday. yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, as Aaron's alluded to, I mean, I'll, I'll start with what I've got written down. So seven-minute, um, a slight of Swanson back pass. Um, puts He literally puts Gallagher through, who then tests um, Jude from range, but it goes slightly over. Um, then 15 minutes in, um, the, the piece of play that Aaron alluded to earlier where um, Leo Watson getting a cross in and Blair heading it over the bar, but more of a half chance. Seventeen minutes. Jude comes out for a cross, flaps at it, and the the Airdrie players are screaming for a pen. You know your your usual Jude bomb scare moment in a game. Then eighteen minutes in, um, we we press Airdrie up the park. Connell uh, um, sort of gets the the ball um, by pressing them, and he passes. it lays it off to Blair, who if he'd just put a bit. of Power behind it. You know, hit it as hard as you can. It could go anywhere. Just it, put it on target and get your head down and leather it and, and, you know, take a deflection, whatever, but it was literally a pass back. 24 minutes, Kyle Connell shoots from 45 yards. 27 minutes, Easton hits the bar from a free kick. And that, the, the free kick from there is where Airdrie just start to rub their hands together and we go, we've got you now. And Adam Frizzle, pokes out his little four-foot-nine chest and goes, right, boys have arrived. And he picks up the ball from Swanson so, so easily. I mean, Frizzle was everywhere yesterday. I loved him at Dunbar and I love him at Airdrie. He's just a cracking player. Um, picks up the ball, makes, travels forward with it, looks to his left, puts a great FIFA-esque L1 triangle weighted ball through, straight through our defence. Then, the, again, another FIFA all team moment. The ball's cut back. Our defence is nowhere we've seen. Callum Gallagher's thank you very much, And 1-0, Airdrie. I mean, Doug, you've watched the highlights. Can you sum it up any better than that?
4: No, I mean, Chris, you've just basically done a play-to-play of the whole half, so no, it would be the answer to that. I, I mean, I just think it, it simply boils, it. it's the only thing... Aaron, that you've said that I don't agree with so far is it's League One against League One. It is a name, but by no means is it in player. No way. I mean, we've got... I mean, you talk about that team lineup. Fucking Scott Mercer in midfield. Are you having a laugh? Like, that, is that what we're resorting to? It, you know, where should Danny Swanson play? Because we've tried him out wide. He's done nothing. We've tried him in the hole. He's done nothing. And we've, we've obviously sat him deeper to try and get him on the ball. And we've got... And he invariably doesn't do much. The the trouble you've got is Airdrie are... I mean, if you think about it, Airdrie are two 93rd-minute equalisers by Cove in the last two weeks away from being top of the league. You know I mean? They're a very good team. And I think, genuinely, I thought it last week with Aloha. Christ, even a wee bit against Clyde. I don't think these teams are getting out of second gear against us. Like, I really don't. I I think an Airdrie team that really wanted to have a go at us would annihilate us because we're, we're just not man for man we're just not I mean you look at that East 5 team I just don't think there's many that's League 1 footballer I really don't I mean that was again Jude Smith who I said last week I wouldn't be 100% comfortable with him being our number 1 next year I like him but he is a bomb scare at one a game I mean that was a blatant penalty yeah. blatant penalty I watched the, the replay of that I mean what he's doing on his 18 yard line and the guy's won the ball and he's taken him out. I just think I just think we're so far off it, and the summer is gonna be monstrous. It's for, p- for this game.
3: this summer has to be better than last. Gordon, I want to talk, take you the, the great segue from um Doug there, almost like he's been co-hosting with me for over get, a year. Get now. us
4: away from this fucking game.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but Jude, Jude Smith, now great shot stopper, decision making is terrifying um, at times. And, I mean, the second goal yesterday, he's definitely got to, to look at himself. We'll come to that in a minute. Um, but, I mean, a, a couple of really good saves in the first half. And, I mean, like, stopping us from being done 4-5 now. On the back of Doug's point, next season, would you be happy with uh, Smith as your number one?
0: Yeah, I think um, I I would be... Fine, going into the next season with Jude Smith as number one. Take the point that you know he's not he's not been mistake free, absolutely. But on the whole, I think he's a good keeper. Um, you know, you will still hope that. I mean, he's still young; he's still very inexperienced. You'll still hope that, you know, the 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 weaknesses that he does have and the mistakes that he he does make, you'll you know he'll get over them. Um, he will he will kind of learn to minimize those. He is one of the. I mean, you know, if you're looking at the goalkeeper position, I think I'm not impressed with Gallagher. I think I think Jude Smith's a better keeper than Gallagher. What I'd probably be doing next season is, you know, get rid of Gallagher. Um, I'd be keeping Jude Smith on, and what you'd probably try and do is get a kind of another experienced keeper in. Now, if that, if it be, if it ends up being someone that can really compete with Jude Smith for number one or get ahead of him, great. If not, well, fine. Yeah. <laughs> happy, happy to go with you, Smith, yeah. for that. I mean, in terms of, like, our squad and, you know, is it, what Doug was saying, is it League One, is it not? I mean, as a wee sort of hypothetical, let's say we released everyone in our squad and then, you know, what, what clubs would they go to? What clubs would pick
3: them up? Well, I funny you should say that. Don't You'll notice think. in the chat bit, I've put a link to the squad that we've got and once we've finished up this section... We're going to dissect our squad for um, almost in terms of Doug's band name. Got, got, need, and um, keep, keep, bin is what we're going to call that section in terms of how we're
4: planning to to shape that up. But well, let's... Well, very quickly, Lee, just yeah. go back to Jude. I, I'm absolutely a fan of Jude Smith, by the way, and I think he's potentially very yeah. good. The big problem is he, he's kind of got this nailed number one position because there's nobody else there. So it's, it's difficult and, and you, you almost shouldn't have in that position, because remember goalkeeping is one of these positions where you make a mistake and it's, you know, so costly. It It's almost not great having a kid that age being in without anyone there to push him or to yeah. say that, because what you, ideally, in my opinion, you give him, you get him a run a few games and if he makes a couple of mistakes, just say, look, we're going to put in so-and-so for a few games, see how he does, because it's, it's just a tough position for, for a kid. I think potentially he's a very, very good goalie. I'm just kind of what Gordon's saying. Someone with a wee bit of experience who, if things aren't going great, you can sort of put them in. Kind of almost like we had with Brett and uh, Jordan Jordan Hart. You know what I mean? Two pretty solid, good goalies at that level is definitely what we need because we don't have that.
3: I would take either of them back next season, by the way. In an absolute heartbeat, um, I would literally phone Brett myself and beg him to come back. So we go into the end of the half, 1-0 down. Finley Pollock, for me, Aaron, are by far and away our best player. Every time he gets in the ball, he looks like we could create something. He looks like the sort of player that we've been needing for a number of weeks now. Um, 56 minutes is the first thing that I've got written down after the half. Um, And great play by Pollock um, And he gives it out to Kyle Connell And Connell just hits it Straight at the keeper And then The next one um, At 59 minutes I'll I'll let you sum up That one yourself Which I'm sure you'll have in your own notes Yeah, my notes for this
1: is And I quote The worst effort I've ever seen in my life At a professional football match From Scott Nurser. I just, I remember seeing the ball coming over and there was a, a young lad sitting next to me, the two of us. It was almost like we grabbed each other because we thought, here's a chance. Because you've he, seen it falling for him. And his whole body shape, it's like he's facing the touchline when he goes to hit the shot. And it's like he's hit this curling cross from the middle of the box and it goes just out past the corner flag for a, a goal kick. I just thought he actually probably could have taken a touch, if I remember yeah. correctly. Probably could have killed it and then took a shot. And I remember just thinking at that point, I thought, are we going to get another chance here? Because when you're on top in these games, because at that point, point, two or three moments, and you think to yourself, we're getting in positions here, we need to take one of these chances. Um, I think there was one right, was the one after it, I think, 63, where Pollock. Finley Pollock again going through. Um, after some good line cut play, but th- I think these are the things I was alluding to earlier is that the Connell shot you're talking about, where he's had another shot for about 75 yards straight to the keeper. Yeah. But like it, it comes from us pressing the ball, we, we actually, is yeah. it? mill Miller pressed it and won it on the halfway line, and we're at the back, we're at the back line. Yeah. You know, somebody stepped out and pressed and we're at the back line. The chance for Finlay Pollock, I think it was two one twos in that, and it was a forward run. Yeah. I think it's maybe Swanson actually, and I've given him some here tonight, but he drives forward and flicks one round the corner and we get in. You know, so the chances were there. But then you will maybe know more than I do the contacts you've got at the club. But I just felt when Finley Pollock came off, it was like the air came out the bone. It was like that was when I first had to hear the fans around me really having a pop at Crawford um, because it was just bizarre. Finlay-Pock at that point was getting into good spaces, he was getting on the ball. Sometimes his final pass could have been a wee bit better, but he was picking the ball up and he was driving and the loop threatened when he got on it. And when he came off, it was just like I said, it was like the place just went flat.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, you're bang on. I mean, I I was livid at that yesterday. And I mean, the people around me were going off their nut. Um, and rightly so, um, so have heard two conflicting stories and, and of course it is, it's always going to be well he said this and I've heard that blah 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 I got a text last night saying Pollock was taken off because he's carrying a groin injury and he ran it like basically that was, was him so I'd sort of had that on our, our Twitter feed and then I got a message from somebody else saying Finley said he wasn't injured so you, you don't know really what to believe if, if it's an injury fair play like Whatever, but that's I mean, when Wallace got taken off and he was playing really, really, really well and then didn't clap us on his way around, and I had my wee bee in my bonnet about that. Um, you know, it was he's injured, and anytime that was that Crawford seems to make a sub that nobody agrees with, it's always carrying a knock. Now, that might be the case, remember, we do have a lot of players carrying knocks, but I mean, really, that for me. As soon as that happened, I was a bit like, "We're never going to get anything out of this," and and that really told told the story of the half. Um, we we take off Pollock, we bring on Pat. Seventy one minutes, Pat gives the ball away. Frizzle robs him of it. Loads of space. Ball comes in two 0 Game over. Season over. And that is literally it. We Sorry, can I, on... I be cynical? Can I can I
1: just be yeah.
3: cynical for a minute? Yeah. Um,
1: the Finley Pollock one because she did because obviously we were chatting, and did he look injured? No. Yeah. He had loads of energy. Well, as, we, as we've said, he was the main threat. Maybe there's been a message passed that's a bit more discreet that none of us could see, that he's yeah. communicated to say that he's feeling it, but at no point has he came over to the bench that I'm aware of. At no yeah, he, didn't point he, down. Him, he didn't go down. He didn't go down. I'm being cynical, but I think there's a little bit of an excuse in there, to be brutally honest with you, because I think the reaction, and I was bothered with it as well, because, as you've said, a lot of people were. I'm like you, I seem to hear these stories most weeks when a a substitution, which another thing Crawford, for me, doesn't get right, is he makes some baffling changes during games. Baffling changes. And that's where I kind of have a bit of empathy with the fans around who will say, is he the right man taking us forward? Because his in-game decisions are pretty scary and there's always an excuse at the back of each of them.
2: Yeah.
4: I wonder, just playing devil's advocate, um, because Pollock's on loan, I wonder whether hearts that doctors have said, look, he's got his groins 80%, something or other, he can only play 70 minutes and he has to come off. You hear that quite a lot of players getting told, you know. Because, like, I remember Higgins at Montrose was it Higgins was feeling his groin, and obviously Crawford was like, Well, we just kind of had to keep him on. But I think the lone players, the parent club, will basically go, eh, No, he's coming off after this time, and that you know, that that's mm. it might be totally not. Because I agree with you, Crawford does make some odd decisions, uh, substitution wise, yeah. Gordon. Speaking of odd decisions yesterday, um,
3: look, club stalwart. As a guy, I love him. He brings on Pat Slattery um, yesterday, who for me was not the right choice. I mean, we're we're, we're 1-0 down at this point. We're chasing the game. He brings on Danny Denham, which I could almost sort of understand if we're going to play Danny Denham out wide, but he seems to think that Danny Denham might be a striker from what I've watched the last couple of weeks, and that is just not the case um, and couldn't be any further from the case. We've got Jamie Semple, sitting on the bench, who's got a bit about him, a bit of pace. When he came on at Clyde, looked like he was fighting for it. Bring on Jamie Semple for for Finley Pollock, if that's going to be the case. Make an attack in substitution. I mean, Pat, in his time at us, must have less than five goals. I don't think anybody will tell me that he's, that he's scored any more of that. I don't ever remember a Pat assist. So why are we making that change when we've already got Kieran Miller, who's a similar type Pat player, that that baffled me, no end. And almost instantly, that decision blows up in Crawford's face because Pat has the ball, 71 minutes, gets robbed by Fizzle, lots of space, ball comes in from the wide and it goes straight to Jude, Jude spills it. And who's there? Lo and behold, sunrise Sunset, Carl Gallagher, thanks very much and goodbye season. That's where my Crawford concern is slowly chirping at the back of my head. You know, I
0: agree. Any- yeah. I mean, I think yeah, some of the substitutions and a in a lot of the games, yeah, you can criticize them. I think, especially that thing where, you know, you're down, you're chasing a goal. What do you do? Bring on Pat's Slattery. I mean yeah. it's that that is ridiculous. I mean unless it's a you know unless it's a, like an enforced change or somebody's yeah. struggling, bring them off. If it's a tactical change when you're chasing a goal, he's just no the player to bring on. And totally agree about Danny Denham as well. I think there's maybe this thing where, he, you know, he scored goals for us. He, he plays out wide left and he has scored a few goals. And there's the thought then, we'll, we'll play him up front because he, he can score goals. But, you know, he, he's got all his goals for it out, out wide. He, he's clearly a winger to me. Yeah. So... It I mean, just always yeah. seems a bit desperate. When you've got players on the bench, like you say, like Semple, yeah. who you could put up front. Um, yeah.
4: Yeah. Bad. The thing yeah. is, we, we uh, for me, we. I mean, we don't have anyone that can change a game, like, off the bench. Not necessarily in terms of individually. I'm just meaning so that you can kind of go, right, we're getting outplayed as a football team here. Let's go a bit more direct and let's, you know, take it a bit more route one, try and ruffle the defence because of nobody up front that's got any physicality about them at all. So you can't Mm -hmm. even bring on a sort of, I can't remember the last time we had a a proper kind of tall centre forward. It's been a while and the only way you you can get away with that is if everyone around him has got a bit of you know dynamic ability and can create stuff which we don't have. So I think when he's making subs, it's almost like and we've said it quite a lot, we lose that first goal, we've lost. Yeah. Like, honestly, because there's no, everyone's like for like, there's no, there's just, you'll tweak it by going from four four one 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 to maybe or and it's but it's all kind of leaning towards the same style and same way of playing. And I just think that, that was your Mark McGregor, I guess, but Christ, Mark McGregor, that feels like about 2002, you know, when we were talking about him. We've never, ever sorted out. And we've never sorted. Chris, to be honest, I was saying about we didn't sign anyone in January, even if it was some big, massive lump that you could just punt a ball to now and again. Honestly, it would make a huge difference because I think defenses against. Quad us, B. What? Well, oh, please, I, I wasn't actually <laughs> angling towards Quad B, but now I am. Absolutely discreet, and no, I'm joking. He was uh, pretty shite. Um, but do you know what I mean. I, and I think for me, that's a that's quite a big one in the summer again because I. You, you need to be able to to have a guy that you can bring on just to change it. People always talk about that, where like England or Crouch going, Crouch, just some big, massive bastard that the fans are going to go, oh God, do you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're in for it. Like
3: for 20 the guy that Montrose
4: signed. Yeah. The
3: big guy Russell. that Montrose signed. Even, yeah. even even um, like,
2: Even Russell was Jones, the
0: big the lump boy. Rob Jones at Clyde. Yeah.
3: They,
0: yeah. Scored, they scored a goal because they... They punted it up. He got the knockdown. Um, he's he's not a good player, but you have someone well, like that. Rob Jones it gives, is a you, he is it a gives you that another
2: dimension.
0: It gives you that another dimension that you can attack yeah. from. Like you know, it gives you you can play the long ball. We can't do it, and everyone that plays us knows that.
1: Can we get can Mark Yardley again? out of
3: retirement for the last four games of the yeah, season?
1: <laughs> Sorry, because I think even then, though, like when you look at, we're talking about having big lumps in the box. When I've said about lack of ambition, I sound like a real fucking negative Nancy here. I'm sorry. But...
2: Oh, you trust it, me, you don't.
1: <laughs> right, like, <laughs> like
2: like are
1: <laughs> but, but there was times when we went for a long throw and I heard Crawford, I think Danny Denham picked the ball up and he was going to take a throw and he said, leave it. And I can't remember who was coming up, but it was to get a long throw in the box. Steal. At, at this point, we're 1-0 down, Right we're one down, and he doesn't send Higgins or any, he doesn't send any of the back line up. So you're playing a long throw in the box and your best header of a ball is stuck on the halfway line. Yeah. That scares me. Like, like, why are we not putting him forward with that? Because you'd send them forward for corners. So why would you not do it for a long throw?
3: You know, it, 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 it's scary. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, you're bang on about that, Adam, because... It's not like we're going to leave Higgins at the back for his pace, right? So let him come up for the chance to, to win a header. You know, Steele is a great header of the ball, but he's taking the throw in. Kyle Connell, I don't think, has won a header all season. He's the only person I know that goes up for a header and his neck retreats into his body, or he just goes down one of the two. Um, but, yeah, look, let's let's wrap up that section and do um, Doug Perry's favourite section, which is 3-1s. to ones. Aaron, as our resident newbie, um, have you not done them, Gordo? Uh, Doug,
4: you just well, I mean, it? I'm, I'm I'm basing it off uh, six minute highlights, so I'm going to do a Michael McCall and. Abstain. Yeah. Gordo, are you joining or...?
0: Oh, I've just seen the highlights as well, so I won't. I won't do any. Let well, you guys do it.
3: Ando,
1: Aaron, I will let you go first. Um. So. Three points within the park. I thought he was our ray of sunshine, if you like, until he was brought off for a tight groin. Um, I think I've given the two to Jude, just because I know he's had that absolute Chernobyl come off his line and probably should have gave away a penalty, but he's made a number of saves yesterday, actually. He's a good shot stopper. And even for the second goal, he's made a save that nobody's really reacted to and they've scored for the rebound. And then the final one, I was just looking for anybody to give a point to. And I gave it to, uh, was it Kieran Miller? I think it was, just because
3: he just works and he does the dirty yeah. stuff. I like Kieran Miller. I've gave him my one point. And um, again, similar to you, Pollock was outstanding yesterday. That boy's 17. What a career he's going to have. I genuinely think he'll do very well. Um, and hopefully um, we could leverage that Nielsen partnership and, and get him in for League two because I think he could be a a very good player for us. I gave my two points to Stuart Murdoch um, who I thought, despite being played out of position, was really, really solid yesterday. didn't really put a foot wrong. Got stuck in. Um, obviously got his yellow card, um, which kind of confuses me a little bit. He, he, he does seem to have a lack of temperament on the football pitch considering he's a copper. Um, so I wouldn't like to be trying to resist rest for him anyway even just chin you. Um, but I thought he had a decent game yesterday. And again, like I say, Keir Miller, he, he's just, you want to know what? I just like him. He's not going to give you like loads of goals. I mean, he's, he's chipped in a few. He's not going to be the best passer of the ball, but he's basically a League One in Golo County get ball, retrieve ball, get to somebody else that could name wet. And I like that about him. So that. Swiftly brings us on to our, our final section of the evening um, in which we're going to discuss who we'd like to keep for next season. Now, I'm going to give you a blank canvas. I want to pretend that there's no um, contracts being given out for next year. So take whatever the fact that they've signed uh, a plan, a plan, there's work talk coming in, and take the, the fact that they've signed um, a contract for next season out of the equation and just simply we're going to try and do this, Gordon, Doug, in one word. Now, normally I say this to Doug and Doug goes, aye, well, actually, full-blown spiel, but we're trying to keep it um, to a minimal. And then if there's anybody you could put, you could put them in a maybe pile and then we could discuss it at the end. So are you all ready?
4: What, What happens if two of us say bin, two of us say keep? I mean, there's a natural debate that should happen after that.
3: I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll, we can say discuss. Okay,
4: right? you're allowed a line in defence, or one line in defence, or. <laughs> this is where
3: Michael McCall we really miss him and his outstanding yeah. boosting techniques. To be honest, I'm I'm just filling in. So, Scott Gallagher for me is no. We'll start off with him. I didn't fancy him from the minute he came in. Good shot stopper, not an awful lot else. And honking. you just broke. You just broke
4: your own rule. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I did it on purpose, Doug. Ah, okay. You must Adam. be tired from watching the wrestling last
4: night, loser. Absolutely. Man, there's loads of girls cutting bit in their underwear wrestling each other. You should get into it. And there's not, many, there's not many girls who are uh, going out with someone who watches uh, WWF at your age. Carry on. No. no. Doug? No. Glogsy? No.
3: I'm, I'm not going to see Liam Campbell. He's a bit too young, is So we we'll... You know he he's still got room to make in his career. Seventeen. Jude Smith. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. David Devine who was signed on loan and returned back. He's just <laughs> on the transfer market list. Here's one that I think we can debate. Chris Higgins. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I wasn't. um totally convinced that was where Queen sleeps so maybe we won't Dee Higgins yes
4: yeah um, that's a have we got like a couldn't over the care or ambivalent section yeah okay we'll go with that I'll, I'll go ambivalent for me that's too posh a word for an East 5 podcast that by the way <laughs> hold on I've got it I've got it uh, say the name again Daniel Higgins Ken. Uh, <laughs> well
0: Gordon. Hi, I'm a maybe, maybe, Dan Higgins,
3: Go. Ross Dunlop. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Aaron Steele. Yes.
4: Yep. Yep. Yep.
3: Heartbreaking time. Pat Slattery. No. Deacon.
4: It, it, can I ask a question? If he yes. if he stayed next year, but that does that give him testimonial? It would do, yeah. Mm. Oh nah, we've got to go no.
3: Heart yes head no.
4: Yeah,
3: I I couldn't agree more. That's one that we can discuss. Look, Pat's been a tremendous servant to this club. He's one year behind Kevin's testimonial season. I wouldn't be heartbroken if he stayed so that we could give him the the send off that he rightly deserves, but basing it solely on football and decisions, it would be a no for me.
4: I, I will say though, Lee, um, a testimonial is normally ten years. We've we've given Kevin Smith a testimonial, even though it's eight years. I think. I think, so the, I think the rules on they...
3: that changed quite recently. That it could be given less than ten years due to modern oh, football. Okay.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think we're all in exact agreement with that. I don't think in terms of his footballing ability, he's quite good enough. And in terms of if we're trying to shift out some deadwood, then I suppose he would be up there on that list. But, uh, you know, nobody can uh, underestimate, you know, but I reckon what he's like in the dressing room as well. I think he's quite a big, him and Denham yeah, be quite big guys in the dressing room. Likeable guy. I think that's why sure. I said
1: Deacon, just because you're
4: all white, right, we're
1: going down. You want positivity, I think. I kind of was Gordon or Doug said, You're looking for a bit of a reset, but you still want to have guys who are fully committed to the club. And he's one of those players who I've seen who I actually think is strongly committed to the club, even though the ability is maybe not there.
0: I I would probably keep him, like it's one of these things where you know what you get from you get 100%. He can play different positions. He wouldn't be a starter for me, um, but you know if he's if he's a good personality to have around. He's versatile. Uh, to be fair, I probably would keep
3: him from that point of view. I'm going to remain unchanged. Love him. Be a great servant to the club. But I think that if we're going to be clearing out some players with hopes of bringing people in with more ability and getting us promoted again, I'm not entirely sure that that Pat fits that remit for me. So I'm going to keep that as I know. Um, Leo Watson Take
4: him I would take him back on loan um, I always think loan players is a bit of a moot point Because you're probably you're, you're unlikely to get guys to years in uh, At League 2 level Yeah I would be okay with that Yeah maybe
3: This should be an easy one Stuart Murdoch Yep
4: Yeah Definitely
3: Yep Scott
4: Mercer No No well, there's no point in me even answering this one. It's a no from me.
0: Yeah, no from me as well.
4: Love Scott. Again,
3: there's a player there somewhere. I don't see shaking his head. I like Scott Mercer. I think that he's definitely good going forward, but he's not strong enough defensively for us. I think he's going to be one of those players that will go to another team and do all right. I mean, I, mean, I don't think he'll stay in League One, but could easily see him potentially alongside Darren Young or something that's done in Albion except for next year. But we'll see if that goes. Ryan Blair, no. Definitely not.
4: No. No.
3: I thought Gordon had a wee smug look in his face there. I thought he was going to say yes. Look, I mean, we've said enough about Blair. He's clearly had ability the fact that he's went to, to Swansea and stuff, but we've yet to see it and I think that's a way that could be used elsewhere. Connor McManus. No, don't
4: know. Oh, oh I am probably a day in on that one. No. Kieran I, Miller. I, I, on, on McManus, yeah. sorry, quickly, I'd almost be intrigued to hear, who who we it before, us?
3: Sternar.
4: I'd almost be keen to hear what Sternar players thought of him in league. Did he play League 2 with them? Yeah. I yeah. there's think there's a bit of a footballer there. And there was a couple of games that he played this year where he absolutely bossed it. But he's, I mean, he's been injured a hell of a lot. I, I wonder whether League Two he might properly shine. I don't know. So that's yeah, Dick yeah,
3: we'll But I mean, look, he, he didn't sign for Celtic and play play for Celtic if there's no football in there.
0: But anyway. the, so, like the thing with Ryan Blair, it's like you know you can you can look at him and say, well, you know, Swansea paid money for him at this point. There's got to be a reason he signed for Swansea. At the same time, there's a reason he was playing for East Cobride before he signed for
4: us. Yeah. Yeah, so Swansea went through a wee spell where they just signed players for like 200 grand or whatever it was because all it takes is one of them to be a success and they'll make a profit yeah. on, on all of them. They signed loads of crap, they signed about four or five players from Falkirk. It was a strange wee one. Ah, that anyway.
0: Kingsley and all the rest.
3: Kieran Miller, yes, yep, yeah. yep, yep, perfect week two player for me. By the way, not a bad shout. Um, I was just going that, Doug. Just, What's that? He, he's a fighter, isn't he? But um, you said Captain Doug. Yeah? Sorry. Yeah, I would agree with that. This one, I think, will be another clean sweep. Ross Davidson, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. If he gets enough money for his operation, that is, if you've not went in and donated to that, if he's due to do so... Um, I do think that Ross Davidson will end up leaving at the end of the season and going somewhere on the, the West Coast. Big Kelly fan, Darville's owned by Kelly. People, they've been putting in money into his donation pot. wouldn't be shocked to, to see him go there, but I would thought love to you, keep him. I thought
0: you said he was a big Celtic fan there. No.
3: <laughs> Kelly, as in Kelly. Life-long fan. Yeah. There's going to be loads of them creeping out there now. Um, Liam Newton... No, I would like it, but caveated. I'm going loan. I wouldn't keep him as a first team player, but I'd send him out on loan to get some experience.
2: No,
4: uh, I'm am a no, and I'm also a no about a loan deal. Not no, seen
3: anything at all, mate, fair
4: enough. I think my problem with a loan deal is he's not going to get a loan deal at a League Two team. So again, it's kind of going back to the. Jack Keelys, are these getting loaned out to teams who are playing utter guff? I, I I just don't see the Liam Newton that some people see. Cool. That's
3: fine. Danny Swanson, no. No. Oh. Oh, it's got to be a day in
0: for me. No. On the, on the basis that he's probably getting paid a fair amount of money and I'd rather move him on and use that money elsewhere.
4: That's my just, exact reason just, as well. Uh, that, that, that's my heart... I'm sorry, my head reasoning is definitely no. In terms of if he's on 400 quid a week, that'll get you three good players down there. But that age-old thing in League Two, a fully fit, get him in the right position and he could walk around there with a cigar in his hand.
3: Are we ever it's, going to get a fully fit Danny Swanson? And that's where probably my, probably. and probably. like. I actually really liked Danny Swanson's interview after Alaba and I kind of got the impression that he felt that he owed it to the club to, to try and give us everything he's got. And, and, and I mean, we had a great chat with Danny Swanson, like one of my favourite um, podcasts that we've done was was with Danny, a really, really lovely guy. But my answer's not based on football, my answer's based on business and I, I think he'll command too much of a high wage I reckon he'll go to a, 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 an ambitious brackets club um, and potentially go and, and play and, and get a better wage than he'll get worse and I would wish him well if he did to be honest Aaron's answer to this one will be convoluted because there's a friendship there but Danny Denham um, I'm not I'm going to say yes for
1: League 2 yeah yeah I, I, and that's actually taking aside the fact that I know him. I, I actually think down in League 2, I think so long as he's not played up front, I
4: think he could do a job down there. Yep. Doug? Um, uh, he's actually a big yes for me in terms of, I think, similar to the Slattery in the dressing room alone. I think he's huge. I would definitely say, yeah. Yes, for me, yeah. Definitely, yeah. Jack Healy, Day Ken. 145% yes. Uh, I'll be around about that percentage as well, but yes, for me.
0: Same same here, definitely. Um,
1: I, I think he could be a, a really good player. i want to want to see a lot more of him. Why are you a Day Kenley? Why? Why is that? I don't think there's any
3: product there. And I think he's all for coating the knickers. I think that there's definitely a player in there, but it could come with experience. And by the way, like, if for any reason, Jack Healy's sitting in his bedroom, he's turned off Pornhub and he's looking at egg. glory days of gold and he thinks that I'm picking on him. I'm not. I think that he's a great player. I love the fact that he's a local lad and there's a chance for him to go on and make it into the team. And I'd be happily to be proven wrong. This sort of thing that he could come in with experience and, and, and get away more confidence. But he strikes me like a lot of the players that we've had in a similar vein of him where there's a bit of flair so fans get excited. But then that's literally it. And until but, we start seeing some final product from him, I'm not going to be totally do convinced. Know, do
0: you know do you not know think he's more than worth keeping on and taking that wee risk for though, given that he's probably not going to be on big money. You yeah,
3: know, that would convince me to be a yes. That would convince me to be a yes in the fact that he's probably on buttons. I mean, look, I know I said at the top of this section that it wouldn't really matter if um, he has got a deal for next year, so he will be there. Um, and like I said, I'll be happy to be proven wrong. But, I mean, he's, he scored a lot of goals at East Stirling, so there is a player there. I'd probably rather have seen him kept and go to the Lowland League and get like a full season of being battered by six foot five centre-halves and finding out how to deal that. Because when you go down to League 2, that is literally it. He's going to be ragdolled constantly. And I, I just think that his small frame, I'm not sure how that's going to fit into League 2. My,
4: my thing with Jack Healy is if, and we're all hoping, that we're sort of pushing towards the higher part of the table, potentially, and it's all potential with Jack, potentially... With the right players around him and the team dominating games and playing well, he could be, he could be very good. But, but it, it, I think next season will be, will be a huge season for him because I mean, I can see, him, I, I can see him starting most games. No, no, but in terms of like the, the Lowland League, I, I'm done with sending players to that league. Jack Healy might have scored eight goals in fifteen, but seven that we talked about it last week, seven of them could be against utter nonsense football teams. So forget the lone league, it's pish. I think uh, look, Dracula Lee's all potential, but he's potentially exciting. So we've got to give him a go at, at the bottom level in Scotch football. I think cool. there, right, I, f- I think he needs I'm, he needs a run
1: of games. He's coming on for, I think he played, was it two in a row he played earlier and was it last month? But he's coming on for 10 minutes at a time, 15 minutes. He doesn't get much game time Even when we're still in a game He comes on pretty much when the game's done Like he came on yesterday when we were 2-0 down He came on last week when we were 3-0 down He's he's coming off the bench When the game's finished Um, I I think he needs a run And and by a run I think that means Five, six games where you get a rhythm You get a feel for it I'm going to make a pretty bold prediction here I I think he'll be these five next season And I think he'll get a move
0: they're my prediction right there. Like what what Doug was saying as well. Like if you have the right if in League Two with the right team, look at the last time we were in League Two. Our kind of four most attacking players: you had Kev Smith, Jamie Insole, Fash, Kyle Wilkie. Now, you know when they were on it, that was terrifying for other teams in that league. And I think the big benefit you get as an attacker there is when there's multiple players that the opposition have to worry about. You know, they can't just put all the concentration on you. At Clyde, in the first half, Healy was the only player that looked dangerous for us. But it's so easy to shut him down when he's the only one that looks dangerous. Mm-hmm. If there's, you know, one or two other players that are looking dangerous, you can't do that. You can't put all your concentration on the one guy. I'd like to see Healy in a, a good League Two team,
3: definitely. Well, like I said, I'll, I'm not, like, dead against it. Like that, that that's something I want to make clear. I'm just waiting for the final product. And I've said that every week. Like there's clearly a player there. I don't dislike him as a player. I'm happy that he's signed for next year. He's not going to be on big money as you've alluded to. So I will say yes. You've you've you bargained me around. I'll say yes. Um Finley Pollock. Yeah. If we can get him back, take him in a heartbeat.
2: Yep. Yeah.
4: yeah, but we'll not get him, but yeah. Same, yeah.
3: Darren Watson is the next one on the list. Let's skip that. Uh, Kyle Connell. No. <laughs> oh,
4: there
3: we go. Nope. No. No. I'm surprised at that. I mean, the thing that annoys me about Kyle is he's too quick to look for the fill, rather than what he could do to get with the ball. Too many silly touches when, if he just played a simple ball, we might get out of something. Yeah, I think he'll he'll leave Kilmanic at the end of the season and he'll probably go to uh, Montrose or something
4: like that. That's my guess. He'll he'll stay. In I think that one. was that, that was my thing with, with Kyle is he's playing in such a bad team with no attacking prowess whatsoever. Yeah. And he I, I've said it before I, I don't think he's great but with the right strike partner he could be really good. Like he's yeah. he's a young boy. I, yeah, I mean it wouldn't surprise me if he was a decent sort of championship player in the future. I just, I just think for us now, I don't know.
0: He, he annoys he'd, me too much. He's, you know, he's probably at league two for what we can offer. He would probably be quite expensive as well. So that that comes into it with me. If we're getting him for nothing, I'll take him. But given that he'd probably be one of our most kind of highly paid players, nah.
3: Ryan Wallace, yes.
4: Yeah. Um, no. No. Wow. Yeah, the Mate,
3: second that's what that's, <laughs> that's uh, and by uh glory days ago, gold, real minutes of discussion. Gordon, I'll, I'll, I'll come to you first. Okay, no, i Yeah,
0: I'm going to Gordon first. I think if you're to base it on this season again given that he's probably one of the higher paid players you're based on this season i just don't think he's done enough to merit that i think i don't know what's been going on you know it's it's not it's not to sort uh, it's not any criticism of the guy i don't know what's going on with him or with his situation that that brought about all that stuff at the start of the season but I think for somebody who is going to be one of our more highly paid players is you know can he offer enough time and commitment to the club that that, that we would need from him there's a question mark there has he been good enough this season? I don't think so Um, and, and given that he would be I am sure he would be one of the higher-paid players. Again, it's that thing of, you know, is do you get rid of that wage and bring someone else in? And I'd be tempted to
4: say yes.
3: What player can you bring in, at League to Doug, that's going to be better than I was?
4: As a on-the-park footballer, yeah, probably few and far between. I, I worry about his influence in the dressing room and his negative, you know body language on the pitch. Everything about this season's not sat well with me, with Ryan Wallace, in terms of whether it was work commitments or not to, you know, to suddenly then just come back like he was bored of being with his wife on a Saturday and play to his over-the-top shouting at players on the pitch and not in a good way, in my opinion. (sighs) I think with a right frame of mind, fully fit Ryan Wallace, it would have been the quickest yes of anyone that we've said today. I just think if we're in need of a wee reboot, for me, I think he's one of the first that needs to go. I think there, though, that, that,
1: that was why I paused before I said yes. Because watching games on a Saturday, there is an attitude problem there. And I think, we you've mentioned it before, whether it be applauding the fans, as Doug said, whether it be the way in which he's... he's openly critical of others and sometimes he does chuck his toys at the pram he puts his hands up in there the reason I then swung to Yes though was that he has had a bit of a broken season you know and for whatever reasons they are and I kind of said the same error with Jack Healy you, you need to, You need a run of games and, as well as that training and I don't think there's any doubt that he's got the ability to go into week 2 and providing he gets that run I don't think we'd be able to get better than him. But my question mark was around the
3: attitude. My 2P, two, my two right, before, before you go in. You'll not get a better player at League 2. Fact. Right? The difference, hopefully, between this season and next season, we will be a team pushing for a title. And he strikes me as a guy that wants glory. He strikes me as a, a guy that wants to be at the right end of our league. He strikes me as a guy that I'll be hungry enough to do it. I, I take all your points, massively take them on board. We have looked significantly worse since Ryan Wallace dropped out of the team after that game at Dunbaran. He ran the show at Dunbaran.
4: But Lee, and- your comment your there's comment exactly why I want to get rid of him. He's only up for it if he's in the right end of the pitch. You Don't want people in that in your dressing room. You want guys, this season is the perfect season where he should have come back and been that experienced, better player and like making the difference. And he's just chucked the toys at the pram day game after game. I, I think we need a reset, and I think the squad kind of harmony and stuff needs to change. But it's been the same for years. We need to change something. But players are constantly that's talking what about said, what a good
3: dressing room it is, Doug. What's that? you hear a lot of the, the comments from players that it is a good dressing room and they'll yeah. get on.
4: Well, have you ever heard a player say it's a shit dressing room?
3: I mean, obviously I have, yeah. I mean, there's loads of players will come around and say that there's divides in dressing yeah, but, rooms, etc.
4: But nobody's going to come out and say, oh yeah, there's a real bad atmosphere in the dressing room. Every It's like managers, they're not going to, very rarely they'll publicly criticise X, Y and Z. They'll say the right things. I'm not saying it's not, I'm just saying what I see and how he treats other players, I just... I think he's treated the club like a bit shit for the last, for, well, this season especially. I'm not saying, that, look, he's a great footballer at this level, definitely. So if it's purely football, it's a no-brainer. But I think it's we've got to look more into it than that.
3: He is signed for next season, by the way. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. My money will be on a fee-paying move to the likes of a um, as my guess.
4: Um, He's not good enough
3: for Kelly. Well, I agree to disagree on that. I still think Ryan Moss is a top league one player, and if he's, he's surrounded by better quality, I'll lift him. Um, but we'll see. This is the ultimate head versus heart, Kevin Smith, and, and everybody has is, is, is died inside there. For reasons that you have touched on about dressing room, experience, I'm going to say yes. Um, if, if Kev wants to be, I don't know how much he'll feature but he's won this league. Um, I think he's a good captain. I think he's a great guy about the club. Um, and if we're going to be keeping the likes of Jack Keeley or any of these other young guys, he'll be a great pro um, to keep around them. And um, Hopefully keep him around if he's going to be doing some coaching badges, etc. cetera, we'll have you to make him a coach, etc. in the future at the club. That is a total he- uh, head versus heart one because, look, I think we could all agree that Kev's not been... The, the player that we've seen in the, the, the past few seasons, you know, his, his pace definitely isn't there anymore. Um, but I think that if definitely in terms of a League Two player, he, he could probably still cut his teeth at that level. So I'm going to say yes. I know a caveat had would moan rule again there, but that one did require an explanation.
4: I'm going no. Oh, I don't think I can give a straight answer to this. <laughs> Purely footballing, it would have to be a No. But for what he is around the club and getting more involved in the coaching, it would be a massive yes for me. If that makes any sense.
3: Yeah.
0: Exactly the same as Doug. Purely, purely football, no. But you know, if if he's offering other things and you know maybe dropping down a level, he might be able to offer more on the playing side.
4: So overall, yeah. He he he's in that bracket of players that might just get a wee spark, a wee last... Hoorah, kind of from hopefully playing in a better team or sorry, a a better stage of league or whatever. You know,
3: my overriding feeling is the fact that we're giving him a testimonial is that he's away. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. Um, that that, I I do think that because otherwise you would just keep him from another year. But
4: I don't think he'd be away. I think he would retire. No, I
3: don't think he'll
4: retire. Oh, I think he'll do if he's going to leave at the end of the season, he'll retire for sure. I, I think he'll have seen this season that his legs are gone.
3: Yeah, I I don't think so. I think I think he could probably go to another level. Well, not that higher, but he definitely could go to another League Two team or a league, whatever. This one's it's a difficult one for me because I do think there's a player there. Jamie Semple. I'm going to pass to Aaron first. I'll be interested to hear your guys' thoughts.
4: So weak.
1: Yeah. I'm going low and, and the reason I'm going low and, and sorry I know no, yeah. but it's just consistency I, I think if you're looking at score depth yeah and people might say yeah you dropped the league too but I genuinely feel that we've got players who could play wide who are ahead of them or who should be ahead of them going into week mm-hmm. two um and i just don't think he's done enough for what i've seen uh,
4: a definite no for me no fair i mean there's something
3: about the simple i like i don't know if it's there's just his energy head. i mean he does have a he Arnold-esque head i'll give you that um but he's i think there's a player in there i do um I would probably go no, but he's one of those that I wouldn't be sad if we kept, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And the last one's Mikey Cunningham. I don't think any of could give an answer to that because he's played with eight minutes and I mean, he's go injured Royals already. I mean, I um, is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and that, Aaron, pretty much sums that up. So. It'll be interesting, obviously we've got our listeners, our, our devoted listeners um, who listen every week. I'm sure that they'll be screaming down their microphones at some of our de- decisions. They'll be nodding ahead in their cars and their e-scooters or whatever it is they're commuting to work in. Um, some of them, who knows, but um, that was a very interesting segment, gentlemen, and thank you very much. As a Can, little I, aside can you? I just add something there, right? Like,
1: And again, this is... I'm going to try and not be too negative. Well, You're fucking infield at that, all, <laughs> I like know, that I know, I know Sorry <laughs> right. But We've sat See if you go through that list How many players have we said no to? There's not many We've said yes to a lot more Than I have said no Yeah And We're also sitting here And I know we're looking at a caveat over oh, we're going to League 2 But then they can't be that bad
0: you know, they, I mean, to be, be fair We've binned most of the midfield and attack there yeah we kept a lot it's of just defense. A defense we've been there's a lot of
4: defenders we kept
3: yeah
4: yeah yeah, yeah. My, my, my slight worry is like I, for some reason i don't see us keeping murdoch i don't know i think because it was, was not talking the he's, summer he's, of, he's 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 oh, he's in contract finally yeah is he is he do you know I, what? again i've said it before though take these contracts a wee bit of pinch of salt because mm-hmm. i think well, there might be relegation release clauses from contracts there might be, uh, uh, you know, we're not going to get fees for players. I think if players say, look, I'm not happy, I'm going to leave, I think the club, in majority of cases, will just go, yeah, on you go. That's kind well, of No, that's,
3: that's why we shouldn't do that, because then look at what uh, Scott Agnew did to us.
4: I know, so the it league, should be a case the of football's always been like Lee, Yeah, well, let's, be.
3: Let's, let's take a nominal fee for, for players, and particularly if, if offers do come in for the likes of Ian Moss and make sure that we get some decent cash so that we can go and reinvest it. Let's not be naive about it. If, if it's Scott Gallagher, then, you know, if somebody comes in and offers to take him, we say, absolutely, and does he need a lift? And, you know, we, we don't hesitate with that at all. But some of the other ones, then, you know, we say, well, aye, that's absolutely fine, but you've got to pay us a fee for it because ultimately football's a business as well. And we need to not let our hearts rule our, uh, our heads at times. You know, we're... we're there's rumors of prices uh, like uh, ticket prices increasing despite going down to lead two next season of around seventeen, eighteen pound entry fee. Oh, no. Yeah. Um I'm I'm not sure how I feel about that one. That's maybe one for a later show. And and let's actually wait and see if it does happen, because you never know if these things are true or not. I'll be astounded if that's the case, but we'll we'll wait and see. But I mean, if it, if if it's Ryan Wallace, for example, we, we asked for five six grand for him. Easy. I think we paid nine grand for them, and I think that a club will pay that for Ryan Wallace. Um, Gordon, are you see, you've got the list of who is signed.
0: Um, I can just see it on Transfer Market. Like you can, you can look at their contracts when their contracts until. Yeah. So
3: it's
0: like Gallagher Smith, twenty twenty three. Yeah. Um, Murdoch's twenty twenty three. Healy 2023. So you've got Gallagher, Wallace, Murdoch, Slattery, Mercer, McManus, Cunningham, Healy, Steele, Newton, Smith.
3: Slattery's signed to well, 2023 anyway. Yep. Yeah. So he'll be there next year, Steele next year. Um I, I do wonder about Chris Higgins whether he'll maybe retire. But it, it's look, it's it's all up in there at the moment. Like um, Doug's quite rightly said there's there's definitely a remit for change there the last section I'm going to give you and it's called leave realistic signing where you could pick one player that you think that we could add to our team realistically that you want to see us take to League 2 I mean thanks for the fucking heads up with this one Lee you're most welcome <laughs> You guys are pretty well versed on your your team, no? I'm going to give you mine, and it's a controversial one. But in terms of League Two, he's a player and he'll score goals, and I'm going for Blair Henderson. so no, I think that'll be a good shout. He's exactly um, the kind of player I think we need. To, where's yeah? he been recently, though? He was at Edinburgh City and he banged, and he was, he was Edinburgh City's top goal scorer in League Two I last year. And Gary Naismith patched him because he's a bit of a rocket and he's playing at Spartans now. He's a realistic signing that will score goals for us next season. I think he's the exact sort of player that we need and that's why I would like to see us sign.
4: I'm getting a, get yeah. a nod
3: from Doug, so I'll take that.
4: No, no, no. I, I was actually shaking my head because I've no idea who to say. Uh, I, I would be okay with that because he's a big centre forward, so it has to be a big centre forward. Chris Templeman, Yeah, bring him back. <laughs> what a
3: player. Absolute baller. might be a wee bit out of shape these days, though. Um, More chances of signing Greg McDonald to to split centre half next season. Gordon, you're pretty switched on generally.
0: So one of these problems are like, you know, we've not been in League Two for so long. I don't don't really know who's good down there. Um, So you know, you're looking at maybe someone that's playing League One now, and who'd be realistic? Um, David (laughs) Goodwillie. (laughs) <laughs> <Aye>. Too <soon? laughs> all the, all the All the moral outrage Is out the window Now we need a striker oh,
3: Sorry um, we didn't have Any sponsors at the club Anyway we'll be fine
0: I, I mean it's really tough Like usually Usually at this point In the season You would have Maybe a handful of players That you're like Oh I'd love to sign him Next season But there's nobody that Tell you other names I had I written think. down If
3: you are struggling I Go
0: for it Brett Long I'd take him back
3: Aye. Yeah, yeah. Apparently hating it at Peterhead. Um, traveling, yeah. Uh, well, I think he lives in like Motherwell area, so it's a hurrier commute three three times a week. Um, but we'd take him back in a heartbeat. Um, just a, a, a top goalkeeper, and by the way, he comes in League Two. Of us is easily the best goalkeeper in the league at League Two. The only issue I think would be his wages.
4: Name me three other goalkeepers in League Two.
3: Um...
4: No, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's exactly what Gordon just said. I've no idea. See if it was see if we were staying up this year, that'd be a lot easier question to answer. I just I just no idea who's down there and no idea. Yeah, yeah, I I, I don't have a name.
0: You know the big giant for Peterhead's? Is it McLean Russell McLean? No, yeah. he's awful. I mean. No. He's one of these guys that everyone says he's terrible, but he does score goals and he's a big awkward lanky guy. And like you're like in League Two, that might work. I don't know.
3: Aye, but then you've got to think about the Daisy Canney play because he's got to go in for the you'll annual being drawn because it's basically the <laughs> hen two It's so
4: it so depends on how you play. Like if we if we're going down the route of like two quick wingers or whatever that can get crossed in the box, and you need a some with a bit of presence up front. So I've no idea. I, I still don't know how we play under Crawford, so I don't know. I don't know. The other
3: name I'd written down, which is, I've said realistic, I think it could be obtainable, but Dale Hilson, he's not getting as much of a kick at Ard Rove.
4: So he got the he, goal a couple of weeks ago. He's a good player. But yeah, he, yeah. He wouldn't, he wouldn't come back to League 2, I don't think.
3: If guaranteeing him a decent wage? I mean, we're going to be freeing but, up, realistically, Swanson's wage. So there's going to be cash he'd,
4: he'd probably go back to Forfer if he was going to come back in League 2. He obviously loves the, the Angus but, connection. He just goes around yeah. the Angus club. There. Oh,
3: Forfer uh, Forf, uh, Forf goalkeeper. He's a good keeper. I can't remember his name more.
4: He's very good. McCallum.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, that's how I... So there you go. There's one. Um it's- and to be fair, if, if 4-4 are still in that league, then uh, Brett Long will be the second-best goalkeeper in the league during the next season. But unless you've got anything else to add, gents, that's an hour and forty four minutes of what was meant to be a quick-hour show. Um, well, does anybody
0: just one wee thing. Uh, what do we think about the World Cup draw?
3: Um, I had that written down. Um, it excited me about as much as Rafe Rovers winning the, the, the Challenge Cup, dated be us, um, which is not at all...
0: Decent group, decent group. If I mean, if we get through, I would have thought, that's oh, a decent wee chance of getting out of the group. As some groups you look at and they'd be horrendous, but that one, what, finishing? England will win it.
4: Finishing but with I, US I, or Iran. We I actually watched the draw uh, live. Terrible experience. I hate FIFA draws. They're awful. But I was swearing loudly in the house on my own how, how fucking an easy group have England got again and then Scott I'm like come on Scott I'll get in that group it's like woo but also to note that the FIFA rankings are a the pitch because uh, statistically that will be the hardest group in the World Cup in terms of FIFA rankings average because
0: ah, oh. the US are given a ridiculous
3: ranking because they just basically played Farmer you New Guinea in that yeah. <laughs> Yeah, to be honest, I'm kind of too scared to get excited about it because I don't think we'll get past Wales. We've just got an awful record against them, so I'm just kind of be like, that'll be nice.
2: <laughs> That's well, you, I'm being,
1: I'm being safety Sam. I'm, I'm very, very nervous about Wales away. I think if it, it was Wales at Hamden, yeah, it's a completely different story. But going down to Cardiff. Depends on how Gareth Bale is. Literally depends on how Gareth Bale is. I think it totally changes. If Gareth Bale is not fit and he's on a golf course somewhere, we are massive, massive favourites to win that game. But if Gareth Bale is fit, one player makes it so daunting. Um, So I'm refusing to even look at all those hard going on to Sky Sports News and listen to England's path to the World Cup final already being mapped out. That done my tits in. yeah, no, Just
4: I
2: make it so much better when they get knocked out, though. Oh, no. Yeah,
4: ex- exactly, exactly. I couldn't agree more. And,
3: yeah, I, I had written down if we were struggling with things to talk about in um, Old Firm chat, but don't really want to get yeah, into that.
4: My, very, very quickly, my let's all laugh at actually was Rangers because... Their fans are knobheads, and it was very funny. With that glass bottle and everything getting chucked on in bits in the gold mouth, bottles getting chucked, all that, I just thought it was funny. They're just scum, to be
3: honest. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I
4: hate Celtic as well, but Rangers are scummy bastards. I think that's to finish. <laughs> yeah. sure, yeah. yeah. Reverend <laughs> Doug Perry has spoken, hell
3: yeah. Pretty much um there might not be a show next week because I'll be honest with you, I can't bring myself to go to the Queen's Park game. Um if any of you guys are going to and we planning on having a show around it, then fair play, but I can't see any of us won't it um, unless you it, want to say it, otherwise.
2: No, no,
4: can I also just very quickly before we go, we didn't there's another yes or no um which or keep or bin which we didn't do, which is uh, young Aaron's debut here. So I'll kick us off. And it's a firm yes from me. Well done, Aaron. Mine's That's a old. no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Definitely I tried to back. I
0: tried Oh, de- definite
3: <laughs> then. <laughs> uh, definitely, man. Well done, Aaron. Mate, you've, you've, you've cruised through your first show. Must be that Glenothis High School education, mate. That must be what it is. It's why we're the two best pundits that we've had on Woody Days ago, in the last two years by far and away have you enjoyed your first experience? I have actually I have enjoyed
1: it I was all a bit nervous like uh, I actually sent you a picture of my notes by the way nothing other than my notes <laughs> 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 like I was actually really nervous but like what, what's the chat going to be about so no I've, cheers for having me I've actually really enjoyed it and by the way just to give you a wee thumbs up as well like genuinely somebody who is new to I'm going to say lower league football like you guys genuinely don't know how good it is driving up on a Monday morning and listening to the podcast and because we go on quite a bit as I have tonight as well like listening to it on the way home too so <laughs> no, keep up
3: the good work guys it's, it's really good thanks very much and um yeah I, I think that's a great way to end the show Thank you so much for listening. It's, it's not been an easy show. We've tried to not make it solely about the, the relegation fodder, but it's been very difficult not to do so. You might hear from us next week, you might not, but more importantly, take care, stay safe, and of course, one the five. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course banner, all conquering East Fife.
2: As I made my way to that bench on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore, but those glory days and my might return once more.